Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for December 15, 2022. So I'm teaching a series entitled Pursuing Grace-Based Success. This is part 56. This, that, that means that's over 11 weeks of teaching on, on this topic, and I hope that you've been enjoying it. Well, I only have today and tomorrow uh, left because I'm going to take a two-week break at the end of the year uh, for today's word. So I have today's message and tomorrow's message, and I'm done for 2022. So when I got to to where I am in the story of Daniel. And I was like, oh Lord, there's so much to cover. And he said, okay, let's do it. And he gave me a lot to cover with you today. This is almost going to be like a Bible study and a sermon all wrapped up in one. As I give this to you, I need you to really be ready and locked in to receive. If you're ready and you're locked in, put in the chat, I'm locked in. You got to be locked in. Your heart is open. Your, your mind is ready. Your mind is alert. Your body is awake. You ready? Let's go. All right. So this is part 56. The title of today's message is Success Secrets from Daniel. We're going to look at so much that happened between Daniel and King Nebuchadnezzar that we're going to be gleaning notes. We're going to be gleaning nuggets from it, and we're going to apply all those things to our daily living. Let's get ready for the word. All right, so let's get through our foundational scriptures because I have a lot to cover this morning. Ephesians 2 verses 8 through 10, the Bible says, I mean that you were saved by grace. It's just a reminder that you didn't earn salvation. It is a gift from God and all you did was receive it. So you're not saved by the things you've done. You, you actually have nothing to boast about. Verse 10 says, God has made us what we are. Now in Christ Jesus, God made us a new creation so that we could spend the remainder of our days doing the good works that God had before ordained for us to do. So say I have work to do. I have work to do. You have work to do because I am ordained to do some work. There's some things that I am specifically assigned to do, and you are too, and we're supposed to find it, follow it, and finish it before we die. You got it? First Corinthians chapter 1, verses 30 and 31, the Bible says, for, uh, God has united you with Christ Jesus. That's amazing. God placed us in Christ and Christ in us. And for our benefit, God made him, Christ Jesus, to become wisdom itself. So now we have access to wisdom from above. Say that. Say, I have access to wisdom from above. Not only that, but the Father, the text says, made us right with him because of Jesus. So say, I'm the righteousness of God. Not only that, but the text says he made us pure, holy, and freed us from sin. All of that was because of Jesus. None of that was because of us. Verse 31 says, if you're going to boast, you have to boast in the Lord. The last foundational scripture, 2 Timothy 1 and 9, the Bible says, God saved us and called us. He didn't just save me from hell, but he called me with the holy calling so that our lives could be about something that's bigger than just us. God saved us and called us with the holy calling, not according to our own works, but according to God's own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Now we've been studying the life of Daniel and I'm going to cover a lot this morning. And as I get into this, I need you to be ready to receive. You ready? All right, so I'm going to basically break up because I had so much, I, I couldn't cover all of these scriptures in like one shot. So I'm going to give you three parts in today's message. I'm going to do a part one, part two, part three, all right now. Y'all ready? All right, it's going to be a lot. Uh, get, let's go. Part one, Daniel chapter two, verses 31 to 35. Man, if you never, or if you haven't read the story of Daniel in a while, or if you never read it, I'm telling you, this is going to be a good you know, introduction for some and a refresher for others. So chapter two, verses 31 to 35. Daniel said to King Nebuchadnezzar, 
All right, let's get to it. You've been asking me about your dream. King, in your dream, you saw a large statue. Now, this is awesome. This guy dreamed this and the Holy Ghost revealed it to Daniel and then Daniel said it back to the guy. So he says, King, in your dream, you saw a large statue in front of you. It was a very large statue and it was large and shiny. It was very impressive. The head of the statue was made of pure gold. In his chest and arms were made of silver. The belly and the upper part of the legs were made from bronze and the lower part of the legs were made from iron. Now the feet were like divided. It was partly iron and partly clay. Now, while you were looking at the statue, um, all of a sudden you saw a rock that was cut loose. Now, this was a rock that was not made by human hands. And the rock hit the statue at his feet, the feet of iron and clay, and smashed them. Then the iron and the clay and the bronze and the silver and the gold, they all broke into pieces at the same time. And then all of the pieces became like chaff on the threshing floor in the summertime and the wind like a movie. The wind blew all the chaff away, and then there was nothing less left. Like the statue was there, now it's gone. No one can tell that a statue had ever been there. Then the rock that hit the statue became large, like a very large mountain, and it filled up the whole earth. So just like that, Daniel described the dream that King Nebuchadnezzar had in vivid detail. I mean, like down to details. I'm sure that I, I'm getting goosebumps right now. I'm sure that King Nebuchadnezzar was like, oh my God, this dude saw it. Like, and so he explained the dream. And this reminds me of something that um, happened in church. Well, it happens all the time, but I'll just give you this particular example. Not too long ago, we were in our church at VCMI and um, we called for people for prayer. And there was a young lady that came and she, I could tell that she was like physically and visibly distraught. And so I asked one of the ladies there, hey, give her a hug, <clears throat> give her a hug. And as the lady hugged her, the girl broke down crying and, and, you know, she was weeping. And then when she was done with the hug, I was like, all right, well, let's pray. And I said, uh, you know, normally I don't ask, but that particular time I was like, what do you want me to pray about? And she said, well, it's hard. It's hard to explain. It's hard to, I can't verbalize it. And I said, okay, well, don't worry about it. God, God will show me. God will tell me what to say. And, and, and this is what the Lord, I said, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? And so the, the Lord started to reveal to me things about the girl. And then I, I went over to the girl's ear and this is what I said. I said, you were raised in church. I see you as a little girl. You were raised by a strong, now this is somebody I don't know. You were raised by a strong Christian family. You were prayed over uh, and many powerful things were spoken over your life. There were prophecies that were spoken over your life. And as a little girl, you believed them. You spoke about them. You prayed about them. You were excited. You thought they were going to happen. But then all of a sudden life happened. And somewhere along the way, um, you made what you consider to be too many mistakes. So you got to the point where you no longer believed, uh, you no longer saw yourself as worthy. You thought you had disqualified yourself from God's plan. But God says to you, no, no, daughter, it's still yours. See, the giftings and the callings of God are without repentance. God will never give up on you. You thought you had wrecked your life, but you have not. God is still there and he's still ready to do everything that he prophesied over your life. Even as I'm speaking to you, the Lord is bringing back many things back to your remembrance, and he's playing them for you almost like a commercial on the canvas of your mind. He is showing you these things one after the other over and over, even while I'm speaking. And these are the things that God is still going to do in your life, not because you earned them, but only by his grace. And every time I said something to the young lady, she was like, yes. And she was crying and she was, she was nodding and you know she was in agreement. And then boom, the power of God hit this young lady. So here's, here's my point there. 
I'm going to talk about Daniel. I'll talk about me in this case, but then we're going to go through a lot more, you know, from a Daniel perspective. The point is we got to be open to whatever God wants to do and say, and we got to stop limiting ourselves to human ability. Here's some takeaways from this, and I'm going to give you a lot today, so get ready to receive. All right. The first thing is, first of all, put in the chat, the supernatural is natural to me. All right. So a bunch of things for this morning. Here's number one. The supernatural is always available to you, but you would never tap into God's limitless nature if you don't believe, if you don't believe that that power is made available to you. Daniel believed. He said, hey, Mr. King, hold on. Stop. Don't kill me now. Let me go holler at my, at my God. I'm going to talk to God real quick. And God is going to tell me what you dreamed. He's going to give me the interpretation of the dream. And I'm going to come back to you. I stood in front of the girl. I said, hold on for a minute. Okay. You don't want, you don't want to, don't worry. God will show me. So you have to believe God. You have to open up your heart. That, number two, if you, if you want to flow in the spirit for you to be successful in this world, you got to flow in the spirit. And for you to flow in the spirit, you got to remove every artificial limit you've ever placed on our limitless God. There's nothing God can't do. So stop thinking small. Stop. Your, say this. Put in the chat. I am not a mere man. I'm not a mere human. You got to see yourself and say, I'm not a mere human. I've been born from above. God lives on the inside of me. Number three, stop asking for small stuff. If you only ask for things that you can do, then you will never exercise your faith. You're never going to tap into the supernatural and you're never going to be able to do things that you can't do on your own because you're just asking for things that you could do as a mere human. And you're not just a mere human. Number four, your desire must be equal to everything that God has placed on the inside of you. Come on now. I don't know about you, but I want to maximize my purpose and potential. I want to get out of me everything God placed in me while I'm in the land of the living. If you want to walk in the fullness of your divine purpose, your prayers must be the size of your assignment. Let me say that again. Let me slow down. Put in the chat. Say, my prayers from now on will be the size of my assignment. I'm going to start praying on the level of my divine assignment. I'm going to start believing God. I'm going to start praying on the level of God's grace on my life. Come on now. I'm going to start praying on the level of my calling. Say amen to that. Number five, only God-sized prayers can tap into the grace for the supernatural. Number six, Daniel believed God. He believed that God would show him the dream. He believed that God would give him the interpretation of the dream. And, and it had nothing to do with his power, his intellect, his strength, or his education, or none of that. It was not natural at all. It was not human at all. He just said, God, you got to show it to me. When I stood in front of the young girl, listen, I have no way. I don't even know the girl. I have no way of knowing what's going on. But God would, shh, 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 shh. He would you got to believe God. You got to open up your heart. Stop asking for stuff that anybody could do. Open up your heart to believe God for the supernatural. Listen, uh, number seven, I needed to, the Lord to show me what was going on with that young lady. And he showed me her past. He spoke into her future. This had nothing to do with me, nothing to do with my power, my ability, my grace, my intellect, nothing. Same thing with Daniel. And number eight, and then we'll go to part two. You are only limited by your capacity to believe God. Say this, say, say it now, put it in the chat. I am expanding my capacity to believe God. You got to get to the point where now you're expanding your capacity to believe God. All right, that was part one. I'm telling you, I got to go fast, but there's a lot for today. Here's part two. Daniel chapter two, verses 36 to 38. Daniel said to the king, now that was your dream. Now let me tell you what it means. Oh man, this dude is bad, man. He said, not only did I get the dream, not only did I describe it in vivid detail like a movie, but now let me tell you what it means. Okay. All right, here we go. You ready? He says, okay, now let me tell you what it means. Mr. King, you are the most important king. The God of heaven has given you a kingdom. He's given you power, strength, and glory. He has given you control and you rule over people and wild animals and birds. Wherever they live, God has made you. I want you to know that. I know you don't acknowledge my God, but my God has made you the ruler over them all. King Nebuchadnezzar, 
on the statue, you're the gold head. The gold head of the statue, that represents you and your kingdom right now, Mr. King. He was like, okay, now I, I got to keep going. That's not all he said, but let me give you part two and then I'll give you part three. So here's some takeaways from part two. N number one, all earthly authority operates under the permission of God in heaven. I want you to accept something here. Stop looking at people that are not Christians and saying, well, I don't have to do what they say. Oh, I, don't, I don't have to listen. Oh, my boss is not a believer. My boss is not a Christian. My boss believes something else. Stop. All earthly authority comes from a God, our God in heaven. Daniel wasn't trying to put him down. He was like, man, my God placed you in that position. Mr. King, I want you to know that my God gave you the ability to lead. And so you, I, I want you to acknowledge my God. He wasn't disrespectful to him in any way. The apostle Paul said in Romans 13 and 1, all of you must obey the government rulers. Every one of you uh, or everyone who rules was given the power to rule by God. And all of those who rules, who rule are now in that power because God placed them there. So stop, stop just like rejecting authority. Stop, stop talking about people. Listen, at the end of the day, they don't have to believe what you believe for you to honor them and respect them and pray for them. The Bible teaches us to pray for kings and rulers and those in authority so that we can live a quiet and a peaceable life. All authority comes from God. God, he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And, and while he does not actively make everything happen on the earth, it's not like God is making, like, you know, at the end of the day, the earth functions on a system of cause and effect, sowing and reaping and the free will of humans. So it's not like God is manipulating everything that happens on the planet. Of course, I understand that, but God is still sovereign. And, and he still honors the authority that's on this planet. God can prevent and God can permit. And whatever God permits, he has purpose wrapped up in. So stop rejecting authority. You got it? All right, number two, acknowledge the awesome sovereignty of God. Daniel said to the king, hey, listen, Mr. King, I want you to know, even though you don't acknowledge my God, you don't worship my God, you don't even believe in my God, but my God has given you the power to run this kingdom. He has given you power, strength, and glory. He has given you the, the, the ability to control and to rule everything within your kingdom. It was my God that placed you in this position, and I want you to know that. Daniel acknowledged God's involvement in King Nebuchadnezzar's life, even though King Nebuchadnezzar had never acknowledged God. And so don't do like a lot of Christians do today. Daniel, you know, some Christians today, if, if, if Daniel was like them, they would have said, what Daniel didn't say was, okay, oh, king, since you are good and holy and righteous, and since you live a life that is pleasing in, in my God's sight, and since you have honored Jehovah since your youth, my God, Jehovah is blessing you. No, he wasn't saying that at all. What he was saying is, oh, Mr. King, let me tell you something. Even though you've never acknowledged my God as the only wise God, even though you have never called upon the name of Jehovah, even though you have never worshiped him with your heart, even though you've never praised him with your lips, my God has still made you the ruler of this kingdom. And so, so do you know why, Mr. King? Mr. King, well, guess what? My God made you the ruler of this kingdom, not because you're so good, but it was an act of his unearned grace. You don't deserve it, but my God has placed you in this position of authority. And so I'm saying to be successful in this world, this is a success secret from Daniel. You got to know how to honor people who are not followers of Jesus. You got to know how to go in and out of boardrooms and conference rooms and meetings and, and Zoom calls and all of that. You got to know how to go in and out 
of activity with people that are heathen and pagan and the people of this world. And you cannot be moved by the fact that they don't believe what you believe. You cannot be moved. God wants you to honor and respect those in authority, even if they don't believe what you believe. And God can give you favor because Daniel operated on this type of grace and favor. Then God gave him favor with the king. God will give you favor with people that don't name the name of Jesus. God will get will raise you up and give you positions of power and influence and authority in this world with people that are not Christians. Why? Because you know how to go in and out without being disrespectful. You, you are honoring those in authority. You are operating with your grace. You are not bowing down in any way. Like, like, like Daniel didn't bow down. Daniel was, was uh, uh, assertive. Daniel was clear. Daniel was powerful, but Daniel was also respectful. And then number three, you have the grace to lead. Put it in the chat. Say, I have the grace to to lead. If you are in a leadership position right now of any kind, then God has given you the grace to operate in that position. God has given you the grace to assume and to excel in that position. Say this, put in the chat, I excel in every position. I am excelling in every position. Why? Because the grace of God is on me to lead. You got to you gotta know. I see my wife just, just said something in the chat. You got to know that God will connect you to people that don't believe what you believe, and he will use them to help you to advance the kingdom. And so, so don't, don't just be quick to say, well, no, I'm not going to partner with this person. You know, he don't go to my church. I'm not going to partner with that person. She don't believe what I believe. Listen, God may be doing some stuff. God, God used Daniel and raised them up and connected them to King Nebuchadnezzar. I'm telling you, God will connect you to people that don't believe what you believe, and he will use them to bless you to then bless the kingdom. So, so, so don't, don't act like you, you have to be so set apart from the world that you can't function in the, in this world. Say amen to that. God, and then let me say something about you for a minute. God was working in your life before you acknowledged him. But I got born again when I was 23, but God was working in my life from the time I was born. So yes, God, God can use you to be a blessing to somebody that doesn't acknowledge him because down the road, that person is going to acknowledge him, but God is working on him now. God doesn't have to wait till you get born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, get baptized, name the name of Jesus to start working in your life. God has been working in your life the whole time. And so stop looking at people that are not born again like God is not working in their lives. God can work in their lives even then if they're not born again because God was working in your life before you got born again. And the church say, say amen to that. So, so don't pray. Lastly, and then I'll move on to the last thing. Uh, don't pray when you pray. Don't pray as if you're praying from a position of need. You always have to pray from a position of grace. And so, so when Daniel went to pray or when I went to pray, like it's like, okay, God, you already have the answers. You already know everything. And, and so I'm not, I'm not going to pray like I don't have it, like I don't have access to it, like you can't give it to me. I believe it's already done. Now, all I'm asking for, Father, is for you to open up my eyes, for my eyes to be flooded with light so you can show me what's already mine. When you're praying from a position of need, you're saying, oh, God, I, 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 don't, I don't have this. Like, can you please tell me this or give me this or show me this? When you're praying from a position of grace, you're saying, God, you've already equipped me for everything that I need. Right now, as I'm closing out 2022 with my business <clears throat> or with my department, as I'm closing out 2022, Heading into 2023, you have already placed everything in me that I need. And so, Father, now I'm tapping into what the grace that, uh, that's already on my life. And, and, and watch this. It becomes the outworking of the internal. It's not like I don't have it. The grace of God is already on me to succeed. So, so no matter what you're facing today in your business or at work, no matter the size of the project, no matter the size of the budget, no matter the issues that you face, no matter the number of opposers, at the end of the day, God has already given you the grace to succeed. Say this, the grace to succeed is on me now. And so, so greatness is in you. Grace is in you. Now you got to tap into it. That's what Daniel did. Say amen to that. 
I know I'm going fast, but I got to give you all of this stuff that God gave me for this morning. Number part three, last part for today. Oh my God, this is so good. This is like a movie, y'all. Verses 39 to 44. Daniel said, okay, another kingdom will come after you. Let me give you the interpretation now. Another kingdom will come after you, but it will not be as great as your kingdom. Next, a third kingdom will come and will rule over the earth. And that's the bronze part. Then there will be a fourth kingdom and that kingdom will be strong like iron. And and just as iron breaks things into pieces and smashes them into pieces, that fourth kingdom will break all the other kingdoms and smash them into pieces. Now you saw that the feet and the toes of the statue were partly iron and partly clay. Now that means that the fourth kingdom will be a divided kingdom. It will have some strength like iron, but it will also be mixed with clay. The toes of the statue were partly iron and partly clay. So the fourth kingdom will be partly strong like iron and partly weak like clay. Now you saw the iron mixed with the clay, but the iron and the clay don't completely mix together. In the same way, the people of the fourth kingdom will be like a mixture and they will not be united as one people. Now during the the time of the kingdom of the fourth kingdom, the God of heaven, the God of heaven will set up another kingdom. And this is a kingdom that will continue forever. And this kingdom will never be destroyed. And it will be the kind of kingdom that cannot be passed uh, on to another group of people. It's the last kingdom. And this kingdom will crush all the other kingdoms and it will bring them all to an end. And But that kingdom of itself will continue forever and ever and ever. Oh my God, this is so good. So here, here, this is what he said. Let me break all of this down and we'll close out for today. This is some good teaching, y'all. All right, number one. God reveals secret things to humans all the time, but our heart has to be in a position to where we can receive it. So put in the chat, my heart is open to receive. You got to be in a position to receive. The Lord revealed the future in a dream. This is, this is amazing what happened. The Lord revealed the future in a dream to a pagan king who had never acknowledged his presence, who had never called upon his name. Think about that for a minute. Then the Lord revealed the dream and the interpretation of the dream to a teenage Hebrew slave. Think about that for a minute, right? Then the Lord, the Lord is always speaking, but we have to slow down long enough to hear what he's saying. So our heart has to be open to receive. All right. All right. Number two, God wants to reveal himself on the earth. The Lord explained to Nebuchadnezzar, hey, this is what the dream means. Let me explain all of this to you through Daniel. And By explaining all of this to King Nebuchadnezzar through Daniel, the Lord was actually revealing to King Nebuchadnezzar what was going to happen on the earth in the future for hundreds of years. Let me break this down for you. The Lord revealed five kingdoms in the dream, right? The kingdoms were, okay, the first one was the head, the Babylonian Empire. That's the one that King Nebuchadnezzar was ruling over at the time. The second kingdom, this part, was the Medo-Persian Empire that will follow. The Greek empire would come after that, and the Greek empire had Alexander the Great. And then finally, the fourth kingdom was the Roman empire. And that's the empire that was ruling, that was divided when Jesus was born. Now, the last empire is known as God's own empire, and Jesus came to establish that one. That one is known as the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God is the stone in King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. It's a stone that was not made with human hands. It's a stone that crushes all of the other empires. And it's a stone that grows up into a mountain and it spreads out throughout the whole earth. And God chose to reveal all of this to a pagan king 
and then a Hebrew slave. Come on now. Nebuchadnezzar did nothing to earn or to deserve this revelation. All he did was go to sleep. Daniel did nothing to earn or deserve the revelation. All he did was ask in faith. And God wants to do things in your life just like that, where you didn't earn it, you didn't deserve it. God just wants to bless you because God wants to bless you because God is good. Number three, the secret things belong to the Lord, but there's some things that God reveals to us. And the revealed things, those things belong to us. Deuteronomy 29 and 29, the Bible says the secret things belong to the Lord, but the revealed things belong to us as the children of God. So there's some things that God, that are secret, that God is not going to tell me. There's other things that God reveals. And the things that God reveals is for me. Say, say this, say, put it in the chat. Divine revelation is for me. God gives me insight and wisdom and revelation and knowledge and understanding, and those things belong to me. So I'm able to operate. I'm able to operate on another level because God is speaking to me all the time. God allowed King Nebuchadnezzar to dream about things that would not happen for hundreds of years. And then God gave Daniel the interpretation of the dream. Here's some things we can glean from this. God knows the end from the beginning, right? He knows our future. We don't. Nothing is a mystery. Nothing is a secret to God. There are many things that are a mystery to us, but nothing is a mystery to God. Here's another one. God chooses to reveal mysteries to humans. And when he does, that revelation prepares me for, my, for, for our future. Say this. Put it in the chat. God's revelation prepares me for my future, right? God chooses. Here's another one. Even though God can, he doesn't reveal everything to us because some things we need faith for. If God told us everything, then, then we wouldn't need faith. And here's the last one. There's a level of mystery to walking with God. For you to walk with God and God to walk with you, God is not going to tell you everything. So you got to be okay. You got to be comfortable with a certain level of discomfort. You got to be comfortable with a certain level of mystery. You got it? Okay. Last thing for today. I know I said a lot. Believe me, dude, I understand. There was a lot in today's message. And this is one you might need to listen to again, but you really should get the notes. Here's the last thing I'll tell you. As I close, live by revelation, faith, and trust. This is what we see in Daniel, and this is what we should apply for our lives today. To succeed in your walk with Christ, you got to be, you got to live by revelation, faith, and trust. Open your heart to everything God reveals. That's revelation. When God speaks to you and shows you things that are future to you, but past to him, you got to believe it. That's the faith part. And then here comes the trust part. What is the trust part? You got to trust God even when you don't know what's happening. So when God speaks, you can have faith. When God doesn't speak, you still got to trust him. And so if you live by revelation, Lord, I'm open. Faith, I believe everything you say. Trust, I'm going to have to trust you for the things you haven't shown me yet. I'm living by revelation, faith, and trust. And so what you reveal to me, I believe it. So that's faith. I exercise faith in what you reveal. And so everything you spoke has to come to pass while I'm in the land of the living. But if you haven't spoken yet, you haven't revealed yet, and I don't know what's going to happen, I still trust you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to trust you. My heart is open and I'm going to believe you for the things that you've spoken and I will trust you for the rest. Say, I trust God. That's how we're supposed to live. This is all part of the grace life. I told you I was going to cover a lot. I got through it somehow by the grace of God. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. That was like a whole Bible study right there in one, one quick setting. Speak this over your life. Speak it by faith. Say, Father, I thank you for teaching me about grace-based success. You revealed key things to King Nebuchadnezzar, a man who didn't know you, and he did nothing to earn it or to deserve the revelation. You did this just because you wanted to. It was an act of your grace. 
You then revealed yourself to Daniel, a teenage slave at the time. Daniel exercised faith and you exercised grace. Daniel was able to see the future. What you did for them, you can and will do for me. You have secret things. You know the end from the beginning. Now, these are things that you may not reveal to me. And if you don't, I will trust you. But where you do, I have faith. So this is how I live. I use my faith to tap into your grace. You reveal things to me about my future by your spirit. I believe everything you reveal by faith. I count it as already done. And when you have not spoken to me about something, I just trust you for it. I know it's going to work out for my good. So I use my faith when you tell me what to do. And I trust you when you haven't told me yet. I live by revelation, by faith, and by trust. This way, I am never unprepared, and I enter every day ready to win. Greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. I had to get through a whole lot today. Uh, by the grace of God, I was able to get through it. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you get the notes, this is like, why would you not sign up and get the notes for free? If you already get these notes, then this is one you might want to print out. You want, might want to save it, right? Because there's a lot in that, especially the breaking down of the story. So listen, if you want the notes and you're not getting them, go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. Do me a favor. If this message was a blessing to you, if not, don't do nothing. But if it was, leave me some comments in the chat and then um, share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. I'll see you tomorrow morning so we can close out 2022. Have an amazing day. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, I published a book and several journals, and we also have Grace Life gear. You can find all of that information at rickpina.co. Go to rickpina.co, and that's your one-stop shop to be able to access all of the products and apparel that we have available for you. Thank you for being a blessing to us, and we pray that we continue to be a blessing to you.